So what I want to talk to you about is, is a trio. <clears throat> On the news last night, 11 o'clock, SABC1. The uh, British, I believe, have got a fleet of aeroplanes um, waiting to rescue British subjects. Not those with dual citizenship, because I believe there are two million of those, but only those who have proper British citizenship. Uh, the Portuguese also uh, have got some plans waiting to uh, rescue after the election uh, or before the election or whatever, the, their, their Portuguese citizens. Well, yeah, well, oh, this was lovely. I, I mean, you, what says you mean? You saw this uh, heard, on television. I heard, it on, I heard it on the radio. You heard it on, on the news on the eleven o'clock news last night. That various foreign governments have fleets of planes standing by to rescue their nationals. Uh huh. Uh huh. You mean? Uh, it was a good thing to go to bed with. That everybody else thinks. Uh, um, that I, 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 I won't dispute that you heard this on the news uh, because you say you did. I didn't. Perhaps if someone else did, they could put us right. It doesn't seem likely to me. Uh, it, it, it was true. I mean, I, I don't drink, so there was no, no way no, I no, could, no, no, that's I right, could have imagined it. I, I believe it's true when I hear it on 702, you know. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but when I hear it on 702, I'll believe it. But maybe someone else heard that same broadcast, yeah. Mona, that, that, let me just get this right, that... Yeah. Uh, specifically British and Portuguese, you quote, but in point of fact, uh, uh, foreign uh, countries are prepared to lift, airlift their nationals out of yeah. South Africa. Uh, they also mentioned uh, two newspapers, I think, uh, I can't remember whether The Guardian was one of them, but The Guardian is, is, is very pro-communist, uh, uh, um, I think, and so their, 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 their remarks were a bit slanted, but the Sunday Times, I think it was the British Sunday Times, uh, also uh, said um, something derogatory about uh, well, the leaders. Well, if the Gu if the Guardian is uh, is um, communist, what would the Times be fascist? <laughs> I wonder. I don't know. I could never afford to read the Times. It was so expensive and so heavy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mona, thanks for the input there. That's very interesting. Well, now, uh, what do you think about that? Do you suppose that uh, it's a good idea to take the last helicopter out of Saigon? Will you be stocking up with essential supplies and bottled water to see you through the chaos and crisis? Well, you're on uh, 702. Uh, Alan, good morning, Alan. Dennis, just to confirm what the previous lady said about uh, British citizens, British nationals and uh, Portuguese nationals. Yes. Uh, that was on the news this morning on SABC TV. And uh, basically what they stated, there were contingency plans to move out a million British nationals. How many aeroplanes would it take to move out a million people? I mean, uh, well, what's 300 into 1 million? I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it's but I mean, look, that, that's on SABC TV. Um, I can't dispute that. And um, Oh, well, I, I did not see that. I, I, you know, I didn't see it. I was listening yeah. to the birds sing. I'm actually I very surprised and a bit disturbed to see it myself because it doesn't show much confidence uh, well, it's not so much that. I was thinking of the logistics. You've been to Jan Smart's airport. Yeah. Now, uh, <coughs> I want you to picture the uh, Monday morning at 9 o'clock when one million <laughs> British nationals rock up to catch 3,333 aeroplanes, uh, which then take off and fly to London, where they have to land. I... T <laughs> yeah, it seems I don't know, maybe. Uh, it? It, it seems like... Um, I'm glad I wouldn't have to organize something like that, yeah. you know what I mean? The chances of something are going wrong. It would take probably about two years, I should think, perhaps longer. Uh, maybe it was an April Fool's joke. That's ah. possible, but it's uh, not reckon. the type of thing you, 
<laughs> yeah, no, it, just the sheer logistics of it, you understand, the arithmetic yeah. of it. It's possible, me. you know, but uh, it's a bit I don't late. Think, I, <laughs> yeah, and one wonders, no, I think I'm having my leg pulled here. Alan, thanks very much for your call. Ben, good morning to you. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I was just thinking about this, the previous caller quickly. Yeah. And that it, also if uh, this country is in such a state that the British government decides to airlift their people out, do you think a million British citizens are going to make it alive to an airport to actually catch a plane? Well, uh, hold on. A million British citizens, were, how are you going to kill them all? Well, well, large. if the country is in such a state that you're having running gun battles, yeah. I think people are going to run the risk of getting to an airport. Well, I think they'll be just shut up in their houses. Well, uh, you've got 3,333 aeroplanes waiting to land, uh, load up and take off. Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, yes. Difficult. Yeah, but Dennis, mm. my point. Uh, yeah. I was at a uh, church yesterday. Is that you have to have a bit of faith in our country. That thing, not, not just that things are going to be all right. Keywords, let's all feel good kind of thing. Or let's get down on our knees and pray. That you mustn't look for our country among the dead and the dying and the bones. Rather than just look for, for the future of our country among the living, the people who are alive. Well, uh, yeah, I hear what you are saying, Ben, but you try to tell that to the people who are raiding the shops, stocking up with tinned food because they're waiting for the catastrophe. Tell that to the people who happily spread the story that one million people, and that's just the Brits, are waiting to be flown out to some paradise. I mean, tell that to, to people who are being killed, shooting, dying all over the place. Tell that to the leaders who fell down on their knees, who tomorrow morning will be slanging each other. Anna, good day to you. Hello, good morning, Dennis. Yes, morning. Good morning. I had a telephone call from my sister-in-law in England last night, and she said, the beds are made up, the hotties are in the beds. When are you coming? And I said, what are you talking about? She said well, that Virgin Airlines, as well as British Airways, had, were lined up to evacuate. She mentioned 350,000. Oh, I heard a million, but, well, 350,000, that does, that, that helps a bit, doesn't so it? So it was a lot of drama, obviously, in the, in the, it was in the Sunday papers, because I said, well, your call's about a week too, too late, because we had all this going on last Monday, and she said, no, well, this is in the Sunday paper, ah. their Sunday paper. I see. So that's what sort of preempted the whole thing. The British and the Portuguese ready to be airlifted out, but only 350,000, which, uh, which yes. cuts it down. Oh, well, that's good. That but means only about 300 and something. The, the other woman who rang and told the same story, she said only those who had um, purely British nationality, not those with dual citizenship. And how would they know whether you had taken out dual citizenship or not? Well, you'd have to go through the computer at Passport Control, uh, which would be quite good, considering the airfield will be surrounded yes. by... Oh, thanks. Craig has just worked it out. 1,166 aeroplanes yeah. would need to land, take off, a load, take off, and all the passengers would need to be processed through immigration and passport control and customs. Wonderful, isn't it? I can't wait for it to happen. It's just, uh, <laughs> take your mind off everything else ah, and do it. I wonder who's going to pay for it. Oh, yes. Well, that didn't come out. Damn, I hadn't thought of that. I think it'd better be you, Anna. Okay, Dennis. Okay, God bless. Ciao. Oh, there's Anna. Uh, it's only 1,166 aeroplanes, so that that's, I feel much better already. I think Jansmart's Airport is the place to be. I, I think I'm going to book a permanent parking space out there and stay there. Hello, Ron. <laughs> Hello, Ron. Good morning, Dennis. Morning to you. I'm, I'm speaking from Mulder's Rift, and I, I, I travel the country right the way through. 
what makes me laugh or what makes it uh, cynical, if you like, uh, is that everybody from outside makes our news for us and we tend to believe it. And the name, of, the name of the game is, A, you look after your own, you look after yourself first. Then you make sure that your, your neighbors and everybody else are reasonable people and uh, don't cause uh, nastiness. And then if you read the newspapers and listen to the news, you take out what affects you. And I, I think as a, um ex-Brit, I think there's no better future than in this country. So you will not be one of the 350,000 making the exodus? Um, I don't know how to write to exodus. <laughs> so, well, well, what is it that makes you so specially hopeful about South Africa when the rest of the world really is panicking about us? Well, the rest of the world is outside looking in, and uh, maybe the spectators see more of the game. But the players enjoy more of the game. Uh, do you think that perhaps you're being a bit like this well-known South African bird, the ostrich? Never. I don't, uh, I don't say that uh, there's no problems here. I think there's a tremendous amount of problems. But you, we can't solve the problems of the country, except we can solve our own problems. And if that's multiplied by the people that's in the country, we don't have a problem. So we've got to look after our own area first, and thereafter the people in their area must look after their area. And if you multiply that, generally, and you pass it on, you get there. So it starts with a, like a personal responsibility first. Absolutely. You look after your children, don't you? Yeah, okay, Ron. Thanks and it goes very, on. Thanks very much indeed for the... There you go. Ron says it starts with you and spreads outwards in concentric circles until eventually... Um, Everybody's doing it, and there are no problems. There never were any problems, were there? Were there? Here's Tony. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, uh, about the airlifting of na uh, Portuguese nationals. Um, on uh, Monday after the mayhem, that was last Monday, of course it's shown all over Portuguese uh, television. Uh, the Portuguese uh, families are very concerned, phoning all over South Africa to find everything was okay. Uh, it was so bad that on Tuesday night, the president of um, Portugal ha actually had to go on TV and tell everyone and tell the Portuguese nation that everything was fine in South Africa, not to worry. But if it came to an emergency, they did have pl uh, planes on standby and they had a refugee camp in Portugal somewhere, uh, you know, in case something did happen. Isn't uh, that incredible? Whoa, whoa. Tell me, Tony, are you, are you Portuguese yourself? I'm South African, but I'm, I'm Portuguese. Well, uh, you know what I mean by yes. Portuguese. Okay, thank you. Um, Tony, how did you then feel about this? Did you think, hey, well, that's all right, it's a life belt, or did you laugh? or how, What did you think yourself? Um, there's no ways I'm going back to, I'm not, there's no ways I'm going to Portugal. I love this country. I was born here. My parents are from Portugal, but I, I love this country. I'd never go back. And the moment they said something about refugee camp, I said, no ways. It, it's... it's Back to the old days of the Exmos and Beacons, the Exegolans, and uh, I, I would never, I would never go. Yes, of course. Now I've just been—you've just reminded me, Tony, uh, and and don't take this in any personal way, but um, the Portuguese were in um, Mozambique, the Portuguese were in Angola, the Portuguese are in South Africa. I wonder if perhaps the community feels that Portugal is. Uh, is, is always going to be there to support them or, or whether now they feel that forget Angola, forget uh, Mozambique, forget 
Principe Sotomo, let's, let's forget Goa, let's now become South Africans. I wonder about that sometimes. And similarly so with the Brits. I wonder if they still think that, you know, John Major will come striding in and help them out. It's an interesting thing. Uh, Dennis? Yes, sir. Sorry, and also the, the story of stockpiling. Um, three years ago, in, you know, before the independence of Namibia, uh, just before the elections, a month before, and uh, most people also stockpiled food just to be on the, on, on the safe side. So it's nothing new. Obviously, Namibia transformed very peacefully. Uh, it was a very peaceful uh, election. and um, But people did stockpile. Yeah. Just in case. I see. So maybe just in case you think it's all right to stockpile a little bit there. That that wouldn't dent your faith in the place. It's just no. a question of being a little bit cautious. Okay, Tony, thanks very much for the input. Thoughtful stuff. Here's Peter. Good morning, Peter. Uh, morning, Dennis. Yes. Yes. Uh, in connection with the airplanes, they'd need to take people out of the country. Yes. Uh, we also have a Navy. So we also have Cape Town. We also have Durban. So, in theory, it wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't need all those aircraft. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Some could go by ship, yes, uh, of yes. Of course. Okay. Uh, not only that, I, I've got no doubts in my mind that the British would do it. Um, do you think they really would? Yes, I really believe that. Really? But uh, I, don't, oh. I don't think it will come to that. Well, by any stretch of the imagination. If it did, would you, uh, Peter? You're 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 of British origin. Yes. Uh, yeah. Would you uh, Would you go? No. Um, I married a South African. Uh, my son was born here, so it would be my last resort. I don't think. Well, I wouldn't get on a plane or a boat. No. Good for you. Yeah. Okay, Peter. Uh, so, yeah, right, it's not just 1,166 aeroplanes, it's also the whatever ships, I suppose they would divert cruise ships, battleships, the Royal Navy, the Falklands thing, yeah. I wonder how much uh, that would constitute an interference in the, um, you know, you can't just land an aeroplane, you can't just dock a ship, you have to request permission from the authorities to do that. You can't just say, here's a battleship and a liner, I'm just going to dock tomorrow morning. The port authorities may say, well, you can't do that. Similarly, whether you can't just say, I'm going to land my aeroplane here and take people away. You have to get some kind of permission. Do you think the South African government would give that permission, Peter? Oh, Peter's not there. I'm, oh, well, that's a general question. Anybody want to answer that? That's cool. Charles, good morning. Hi, yes, uh, well, I'll answer that question. Um, Thank you. Basically, uh, first of all, I think uh, they would have no real... They'd have to, basically, because I think the British might send 5,000 SAS in. in 5,000 SAS? What? what? <laughs> I mean, if they, refused, if they refused letting free-willing people leave a country, you know, when, when the transport was being provided for them, and the government says you can't go, I mean, that's ridiculous. Obviously, uh, you know, the Brits would step in and they would, they would do something a little bit more serious. But no, I totally well, then that really it. would constitute an invasion of a sovereign country by, by the peace-loving British. I mean, what the hell is that about? <laughs> yeah, look, I, my folks already emigrated about eight months ago. I'm, I'm 20 years of age. I'm still here. Um, they phoned me up the other night and basically... Actually, they phoned me up this morning and told me about the Times report, uh, which, is, which is very, very pessimistic about South Africa, unfortunately. And basically it worked out it would be just over two weeks and uh, they would have 350,000 um, British population.
passport holders out. It sounds to me, Charles, with your parents there uh, uh, pumping the pessimism down to you over the phone, that you would get on the plane or the ship, wouldn't you? Uh, well, I think it's a totally individual decision. I know, I know it is. Uh, uh, it, it seems it to me... It depends how bad things get. I mean, if it gets to a stage where things are life-threatening here, um, which I don't think they are, then, get, then obviously I would go. I'd have no qualms in going. But I do, I do like the country a lot. And you're and twenty years old. You're, you're twenty years old. You're eligible for some sort of call up in, in a national emergency situation. Right. Uh, if you were called up now and sent in some capacity to Natal Guazulu, uh, would you feel that you had some option other than to join the call up? Would There's you no like, way duck and dive? You, you, you wouldn't go. Never. So you don't really feel it's your fight or your struggle. Um, uh, well, I, I'm, you know, being a British passport holder, I probably am sort of, although I live here, maybe also be sort of looking outside in. Um, but I think it's, you know, to do something like that, you've got to be, you've got to be totally committed to the struggle here. And you're, you're not totally committed to the struggle. It's not really your struggle. Would you say you were a settler? Um, possibly, bordering. Oi. <laughs> You're in a dodgy position there, Charles. Ordering, I didn't mean yeah. to put you in that position. Yeah, but, but uh, anyway, they said that the, the sort of airlifting would only take two and a half weeks, and then the next 750 are actually dual citizens. They aren't actually single British passport holders. I wonder what the Brits are going to do with 350,000 people suddenly. I mean, their, their employment rate is already pretty grim. Right, 10%. Uh, so what are these guys all going to do? Because one isn't a refugee if one's got bucks. All the rich refugees left long time ago. Yeah, but the thing is as well, you know, so many Brits here have relatives overseas. And that's why the British government would have to do something. Because you've got all these relatives overseas who say, well, why aren't they getting them out? And that government would fall very, very shortly. I was born in England. They'd probably force me to go, you see. <laughs> How horrible. No, Charles, thanks. You've, you've, uh, you've frightened me now. That's too terrible.